Welcome to episode 264 of the All the Books Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning. How are you doing today, man? All right. Listen. Uh, next to a real problem right now. You, oh, really? You've you got yeah. someone there with you. Please share. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I thought I was in like a really bad relationship. Okay. But then I read Twilight. Oh, and, and now you, I know I'm in a healthy relationship. You learned what a really just like Twilight. Oh, uh, you might want to. Kendra Nichols is with me. Hold on. Hey, hello everybody. Kendra, thanks for joining us once again on the All the Book Show. Thanks um, for having. Me. I remember good times we had together on the Nicholas Sparks episode, where yes. I read Knights of Rodante. You joined us for the Leanne Moriarty episode. Yeah. Uh, you did a cameo not too long ago, trying to help Eric remember what you watched. <laughs> oh right. So yeah. here's a. <laughs> Here's a here's an official uh, appearance for Kendra Mickles. Kendra is the co-host of 9021 Here We Go, and she's bringing her expertise of teen angst to uh, talk about Stephanie Myers and the Twilight franchise. It's not just teen angst anymore. Nick. Oh, sometimes it's adult angst it's as well. It's adult angst now All as angst. well. Okay. All everyone is yeah. angsty. Kendra, yeah. would you call yourself a Twilight super fan? I would say yes. You're up especially there, especially at the moment. You're up for there. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right, because I know that you just read Midnight Sun. I don't want to get into it right now, but Kendra read the latest of the Stephanie Meyer Twilight books, and we thought that's Did an expertise we need to tap uh, for the All the Books So We're going to be talking about Stephanie Meyer's and the Twilight franchise a little bit later, but right now, mm-hmm. let's get into some bookmarks. Eric, I don't know about you, but we're recording pretty close to the when we recorded the last episode, so I don't have a ton to add to our conversation here. Uh, I read some comic books, but other than that, I'm still reading Oath of Honor, uh, the the Jack Ryan book, and uh, The Last Best Hope, a uh, Star Trek Picard book. What about you? What do you got going on? Uh, Boy, I've used most of my reading time to be doing other things right now. It's been a busy week of uh, editing things together or... uh, driving around to different places. Uh, a lot of my, like, at-home free time I've been using to rewatch the Dark Knight trilogy. Wow. Because the new Batman trailer came out. It's been since 2012 since I watched Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Batman Begins is my favorite. Dark Knight's probably the best. I have no time for Dark Knight Rises. Understood. No time. Understood. No time. I've read the novelizations for both Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises. I had a good time with both of them. I guess someday yeah. I have to go back and read uh, The Dark Knight. And here's a weird one for you. I have never read a novelization of the Michael Keaton Batman movies. Nor have I read Batman Forever. And I only read the Batman and Robin novelization for an episode of Three Nice Things. Hmm. All Crazy, right? right? That's surprising to me. Before I, I uh, before I watched the Dark Knight trilogy, though, I finally watched Joker. Oh, my cup of tea. Oh, okay. Watch watch the Scorsese films as trying to ape instead. I would say. Okay. I could get very like mean about this movie. I believe it, but I won't. Uh, Kendra, did you also actually, watch the Joker? I watched it a while ago. For the oh, I watched Oscars. it without him. Yeah, for the Oscars. Did you have a similar feeling, or did you enjoy it? I thought it was good. Okay. I mean, I understand his uh, complaints, though. Thank you. He's truthful in, in what he says. If he's so. making you say that, blink twice. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> she would never. She would never. I'm her own personal brand of heroin. Yes. Uh. <laughs> so we're in a healthy Yikes. relationship, just I, like Edward and Bella. Just yeah. like in Twilight. Wow. Um, uh, though I will, I will talk about because I did go on a rant a while ago, and I don't know how much of that rant you edited down, Nick, mm-hmm. uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Yes, probably a uh, lot. 
Aw. No, anyway, it's there. It's uh, there. Terminator Omnibus Volume 1, a collection of the Dark Horse Terminator comics by uh, primarily James Robinson, but then some other writers come in and uh, tell some other stories. I loved it. This was such a fun comic book uh, collection of these Terminator stories. And it was so nice to read Terminator material that I enjoyed that somehow found a way to do like unique Terminator stories in this universe without having to reset the timeline every time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And this stuff, a lot of this stuff was coming out by before Terminator two, but it was really getting that like vibe that those, that movie had gone for. Okay. So thinking that like these comics were only basing what they knew off the first movie, this was, this was good. Wow. This was good stuff. Uh, there was one issue that was just a Terminator fighting another ter- Terminator, like in a small town, and they demolished it in their fight. It was just, it was so fun. The art was usually pretty good. <laughs> it was so over the top. Explosions the entire time. This was great. This was a great Terminator read. Nice. So, okay. Something I finished recently. So it restored yeah. your faith in the Terminator franchise. That's good. Uh, Kendra, I mean, you're our guest, and uh, you're the only one who has had unfettered reading time. So what of that unfettered reading time did you devote to non-Twilight materials in the last couple of weeks? Not much, I will, <laughs> I will say that. Okay. It's mostly, it was mostly Twilight, and mostly because it was due, Yes, like on Libby, and oh, sure. so I had to read it in like two days. So you, I, no, you're I saying had to read like that very fast. Ebook, not audiobook? Uh, yes, this okay. was ebook. Okay on Libby. Um, Didn't you just read something else? Oh, no, you did a book club for Neverwhere. Yes, I did a book club for Neverwhere. And I have been slowly making my way through um, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Oh, okay. um, Which is very good. Okay. Should be required reading for every person on the planet. Okay. So uh, very much enjoying that. We also just watched a movie called American Animals. Okay. Which is, it's on HBO Max, but it's, it's like part documentary, part movie okay based on a true story about these four guys who decided to steal these very rare books from their college library okay so yeah i i thought it was pretty good Mm -hmm. it was a movie pass movie which made us laugh oh wow (laughs) yeah movie pass it was like that uh john travolta film they had to what john travolta film there was that John Travolta film, like, Godier or whatever. Oh, it's Gotti, like, like John Gotti. Gotti, yeah. yeah. And people hated it, and they're like, you shouldn't hate it, we're movie pass, we're trying. But, like, this movie was actually good, but I think the movie had already been made, and movie pass bought, like, the distribution rights. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. But now there is no movie pass, and now it's on HBO Max. Now it's gone, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a weird transition, but I watched the John Travolta movie. Huh. Uh, oh. <laughs> Over the weekend, not I mean, Gotti. John Travolta wasn't in our movie. No, I know, but he was in Gotti. But I watched one called The Poison Rose, which came out in 2019. It's based on the book by... <laughs> based on the book by Richard Salvatore. And it's kind of an old-style, slow-burn detective story where Travolta plays kind of a washed-up PI from L.A. who gets a case in Galveston, Texas, which is like his hometown. All his old friends are in these new positions of authority. So, like, kind of the loser from high school is the sheriff. Um, Morgan Freeman was an old bookie, and now he's kind of this huge center for gambling and kind of runs the whole place, like, with his power. The weirdest part of this was that Brendan Fraser plays this doctor at this mental institution, and he was, like, almost unrecognizable. You cannot accuse Brendan Fraser of phoning it in on this performance. He was just insane to watch it was kind of like when you watched venom 
And everything Tom Hardy did, you were like, but why would you say it that way? <laughs> why would you do that? That's what this movie was. Oh, that is how I felt that I'm movie. sorry. Do you want to get a pizza? <laughs> exactly. No, Venom. Exactly. <laughs> but no, it's Famke Jansen plays uh, Travolta's high school sweetheart. Famke Jansen as I, well? Yes. And I put it on and my wife was like, this is literally the last thing <laughs> I want to watch. It's set in the 70s with John Travolta doing a fake Southern accent. And it's a weird detective story. But by the end, she was like, you know what? That kind of won me over. So uh, it was. Uh, you know, it doesn't always work that way. I know. Make us watch movies. I but... know that. I know that's true. It was a real risk I took. But no, it was good. <laughs> it was fun. I kind of want to read the book now. Nice. I also watched the 20... so not yeah. not a timeline situation. No, it wasn't a it wasn't a timeline where you, situation where I because now you now your friend situation. Yeah. enjoyed the movie yeah. and you still want to read the I book. I still want to read the book. It was the exactly. complete opposite of timeline for you. I also Go watched back and listen the... to our books read in one sitting. Yeah, one episode. sitting. Yes. Yep. I watched the 2019 live action Lady and the Tramp on Disney Plus. Uh, over the weekend, my son was wanting to watch a, a movie, and so we picked that one, uh, which was really kind of under the radar for me. I didn't even realize that it came out. I guess because it went straight to Disney Plus. But yeah, um, yeah, you know, before I, the quarantine and everything too. It was, yeah, it was supposed to be Disney yeah. Plus. So I never particularly cared about the animated Lady and the Tramp, though my wife loved it. But we were pleasantly yeah. surprised by this movie. It's actually it's pretty well done. Um, How are the racial stereotypes in the live action? <laughs> They 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 got rid of the Siamese cat song and replaced it with the song that that worked really well. So a lot of those things that are problematic about the old one, I felt like they did a really nice job of fixing for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tessa Thompson was Lady and Justin Thoreau was the Tramp. Ken Jeong had a fun little role in it. Yvette Nicole Brown also in it. So kind of a community reunion there. I think it's worth a watch. It's it's a good time. F. Murray Abraham has a fun little cameo as the guy who sets up the spaghetti plate for them and sings mm-hmm. the This is the Night. So, what a weird bookmark we just did. But there we go. We've done it. Actually, I've been showing Kendra the uh, Christopher Guest. Oh, okay. Documentary the Mighty films. Wind She's and all that. Seen, yep. I, so I, we watched I, the Mighty Wind, and uh, we just I've watched Waiting for Guffman. I've never seen them either. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that really surprises me, Nick. I think you'd really like them. Uh, I showed her a Mighty Wind first because it's probably my favorite of the ones, but then we went back and watched uh, Waiting for Guffman, okay. and then we still got Best in Show to watch. Nice. Okay. Is like those three? It's those three in those, like, era, and then, like, mm. they did later stuff with mascots and uh, for your consideration. Nick, do you think Parker Posey and Elizabeth Banks could be twins, twin sisters? I think if you stood them next to each other, I wouldn't confuse them. But I think that their vibe is very similar. Like, my wife and I just recently watched The Hunger Games, and that could have been Parker Posey. Look, I want you to type in both their names into Google and look at the, their pictures. Side no, I side. get it. I totally get it. I think that they're it's crazy. I think they're very similar in like the, the energy they put out and everything. I, I, I see why one would confuse the two. I take it this is a marital dispute that you're trying to air on the all the book show. <laughs> well, no, just we were watching A Mighty Wind and I was like, oh, wow, Elizabeth Banks is so young. And Eric was like, that's Parker Posey. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. You they're know what, Kendra? Same. No one will believe you anyway. <laughs> Wow. Like a healthy like, relationship. Like, yeah. like yeah. in Twilight. Okay. Yeah, like in Twilight. All right, uh, let's uh, uh you wanna get into some book news or you got more? Yeah, let's get into book news. All right. Look into the future to see what it proves this time for book news. I want to mention so I've been I've been seeing this pop up in a few places. The article I'm pulling from right now is from Book Browse, but 
there are some legit issues in the publishing world right now because so many releases that were meant to be in March uh, were, were put aside because of the pandemic. And so September, which is normally like the biggest production time of the year, all of these books from March are still sort of stacking up and waiting. So you've got the books that were supposed to come out in March, plus all the books that were already meant to come out in September is causing... Uh, I mean, first of all, it's like a crowded market, but also mm-hmm. it they don't like they physically can't print all of the books that are meant to come out. So a lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, including new books, including, you know, reprints or paperback versions of books by big authors, even like Alexander McCall Smith or Joe Nesbo are all being pushed back because they're trying to like meet this demand uh, because everything's been so on hold for such a long time. Right. So I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, I was talking uh... side effect there. To some librarians who uh, were saying they haven't really, they didn't even order stuff when they were uh, closed. It kind of surprises me that they hold off on things because you can still get like ebooks and you can yeah. get things mailed to you and stuff. So yeah. I guess I didn't think about books being pushed back. Well, I mean, even on Amazon, people are going to want to order the physical stuff. Well, let me just say that Midnight Sun did not suffer because of the pandemic. No, no, it sales, certainly didn't. So. It certainly yeah. didn't. We never stopped ordering. Like, our ordering continued, like, in full force the whole time. Um, yeah. A lot of things were delayed because either the, you know, our Brodart, who does a lot of our... Um, uh, we do a lot of ordering through Brodart. They were shut down, so it was difficult to get things. So um, mm. there are all sorts of delays. But now, with September being prime time anyway, it's just really causing a, a backup. So uh, that's uh, that's problematic. So we'll see how that plays out over the next several mm-hmm. months. Uh, mm-hmm. In book awards, I want to mention that Marilyn Chin won the Ruth Lilly Poetry Prize. Uh, the, again, this is from bookbrowse.com. The Poetry Foundation has announced Marilyn Chin is the winner of the 2020 Ruth Lilly Poetry Prize. The award honors a living poet with $100,000 in recognition of their outstanding lifetime achievement. It's one of the most prestigious awards given to American poets and one of the nation's largest literary prizes. So congratulations to Marilyn Chin for her uh, lifetime achievement there. Nice. Shall we see what's on the bestseller list uh-huh. for this week? Uh-huh. That James Patterson first case book, yep. down to 12. Whoa. Four weeks. It is uh, not doing good at James Patterson business. I guess I not. Think. Number nine, Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste N.G., yeah. an artist that bends a quiet town outside Cleveland. Number eight, this is back on the list now, American Dirt by Janine Cummings. Mm. Uh, bookseller flees Mexico from the United States with her son. Interesting. by the head of the drug cartel. Okay. So 31 weeks there. Uh, 28 Summers is at number seven with Elliot by Elian Hildebrand. Uh, it's the story about the people that wanted to were in a relationship, but they I'm, didn't. I'm sorry, people did you say Elian Hildebrand? No, I said Ellen Hildebrand. What did I, I say? I, I think, think he said Ellen. I, I don't, don't think know. so. I'm going to play back the tape. With Elliot by Elian Hildebrand. You may proceed. Number six, Then She Was Gone by Lisa Jewell. Ten years after being after her daughter disappears, a woman tries to get her life in order, but remains haunted by unanswered questions, such as, where is her daughter? Mm. Where uh, is she? Number five, The Guest List by Lucy Foley, a wedding between TV star and magazine publisher on an island off the coast of Ireland turns deadly. Nick, we can grill Kendra right now. She has this right next it's to her. It's on my nightstand. It has been for a bit. Mm. You took this from your cousin. I know. And you no, from my it. aunt, yeah. Was your aunt aware, or was this a thief situation? No, she knows. She yeah. knows. Okay, she knows. Yeah. she knows. Does she know that you're not reading it? I'm going to read I had to read Midnight Sun, Boy. okay? This is like couples counseling here. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. worried. Uh, I guess I'm All just going to have twilight. to go off to Italy. No. <laughs> don't go to Italy. I'm going to Italy. Eric, don't. No. Earlier today, Kendra got a paper cut, and... Uh, I didn't come here for this Twilight bashing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Number four, Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. The lives of twin sisters who run away from a Southern black community at age 16 diverge as one returns and the other takes on a different racial identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But their fates intertwine. You know, I don't think my fate has ever intertwined, really. Really? With anyone. Yeah. No one. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Not me? Well, would you say our fates have intertwined? Sure. Oh, all right. Well, I guess so then. Never mind. Wow. I guess I just... And they say romance is dead. Fate brought you and Nick together. You auditioned for a play that he happened to be directing. That's true. That's true. I guess since everybody dies alone anyway, I just know I'm going to be there. Intertwine your fate. I'm going to be there holding your hand. Uh, Number three, The Jackal by J.R. Ward. Nice. Not the jackal that you were hoping for, Nick. Oh, darn. Yeah. Not Val Kilmer. (laughs) Uh, in the Black Dagger Brotherhood world, Nick's search Nick's not Nick Nick's N Y X. Oh, ooh, searches for sexy. <laughs> searches for her sister in a lost prison camp and meets a man known as the Jackal. She should she should not be distracted by romance while she's looking for her sister in a prison camp. I think I we don't know if it's romance. You don't think it's romance in a J R Ward novel? Come on, look at that. Look at his blue eyes. Yeah. The shiny blue eyes. You're right. They never sexy. quit. They don't quit. Oh. oh, you X'd out of it. I did. Hold on. Well, I could say what number two was. What is it? It was Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, down Quiet town on the North Carolina coast in 1969. <laughs> a young woman who survived alone in the marsh because of the murder suspect. Oh, no. I can defend this book yeah, from good. your constant bashing of it. Go ahead. It's great. Okay. Like, in my top books of all time. I don't feel that I've ever bashed it, but okay. Hey. Yeah. Ask me the most important <laughs> question. What do I read? <laughs> it's another Twilight It's book. another Twilight Wow, book. you're really into this Twilight stuff, Eric. <laughs> I Okay, we'll get into it in a second. Number one, Royale. No, it's just Royal. Ooh. Number one, oh. Royal by Danielle Steele. <gasps> in 1943, the 17-year-old Princess Charlotte assumes a new identity in the country, and falls in love. Well, that sounds nice. Kendra, I don't know if you've heard our episode on uh, what was going down the year we went to kindergarten, but both <laughs> both of our bestsellers for the year we were in kindergarten each had a Danielle Steele in it. So this woman, like one of the vampires from She's Twilight, <laughs> just keeps resurfacing. You know, if you were an immortal, that would be a good use of yeah. your time. If I, collect I, if I was an immortal, I'd go to high school every year. That's what I do. I collect a Danielle Steele book uh, every year because I matriculate a lot. Yeah. Yep. It happens. He, he's really been harping on that matriculate line. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. All right. Danielle Steele's at number one. Danielle wow. Steele's at number one. Classic. Royal. Classic. No, just royal. Royal. All right. Royal. Eric. We'll never be royals. Royals. <laughs> Great. Now we owe them money. Oh no! I think technically, quick, quick, turn it into a parody. I think if we you review the song, Queen it's okay. McDonald's? Eric, quickly review the song. Hurry. That song's pretty good. Okay, great. What, what a parody did we make up yesterday about cleaning? Man, scrub? What? I don't want no oh, scrub. I don't want. Yeah, we were like, I don't want to scrub. I, I didn't really go with this. She thought it was I hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was. I was like, that's lame. a parody 
ready to be written. If yeah. Weird Al is listening, maybe he'll pick that up. Yeah. Yeah. And he is. Would it go well on the accordion? Sure. All right. Well, today's topic, I think, came about in a fun way where we just get a frantic text from Kendra being like, hey, everybody, I read Midnight Sun if you want to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, how can we pass up that? I am. How can we pass up that kind of expertise? Yeah. Today we're joined by Kendra Mickles, host of the Radio Meanwhile podcast 9021 Here We Go, and self-proclaimed Twihard to discuss all things Stephanie Meyer. Though best known for her popular and often imitated Twilight series, Meyer's also the author of two adult books, The Chemist and the 2008 novel The Host, which was adapted into a film produced by Meyer. Would you say that The Host is an adult novel? Because I would not. I would not. That's what it's always listed as, but I don't think so. No. What? Are... It is? It's not. It is. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's definitely why. I, I haven't read The Chemist. I haven't read The Chemist either. Yeah, nobody has. Yeah, hence Midnight Sun. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's go back to our earliest memories of Stephanie Meyer or the Twilight Saga, how it all came to. about. I find, um, I'm glad I've been finally given this uh, soapbox. I'm to, worried to, to talk about, about this. I'm worried about Eric's attitude. My first experience with Twilight. No, go ahead, Kendra. Nobody <laughs> cares. I've, I've never read it. Well, I could tell you. I'll tell you mine, all right? It's not volatile. Okay. It's just a cold detachment. Um, when these came <laughs> out. Much like a vampire. Yes. When these came out, I was working at an academic library, and everybody wanted them. You know, everybody wanted them everywhere. And I was like, we have to have these books. We have to have these books. But there wasn't any interest in getting them. But we had this little leisure reading collection. So I was able to get them for our leisure reading collection at the college library. And uh, that was the first, because everybody was talking about them, and I knew people wanted them. So I got them for that collection. I didn't actually participate in any twilighting myself until my wife and I watched the first movie. In college, like my very first year of college, uh, somebody was reading it, and uh, I didn't know anything about it. And they were like, oh, is that, you should read it. It's actually pretty good. It's about vampires. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. You've been down this uh, road before with that, what was it, Sherilyn Kenyon novel that you read? <laughs> <laughs> but then I started to, and then they started to be like, it's, it's a romance book. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not super into that then. And then as more stuff started to come out, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm not into it. And then the first time I ever watched the movie was a Rift Tracks related. So, mm. and that's it. I've only seen the three movies with Rift Tracks, but I bought the first two movies on DVD so I could watch the Rift Tracks on a regular basis. They're, it's they're great. So funny. Oh, but yes, aren't there four movies? There's five. There's five. Movies. five. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But Is I that only, true? I, I, I thought they the third movie the wasn't as funny book. with the Rift Tracks. Oh, yeah. You're right. All right. So that's you. What about you, Kendra? I was. In high school, when it came out, because right, it came out in right. 2005, 2005, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. I was a, I was a freshman, and I just, my friends were. Reading <laughs> she it. was merely freshman. <laughs> That's funny. My friends were reading it, and they were just like, I just have a memory of them sitting in the hall and just like pouring over this book, Nick. And I was like, what is this? And they were like, you have to read it. And I'm pretty sure they, one of my friends, let me borrow her copy, and I just devoured it wow nick brando sando and elton have given us the ability to go back in time to see kendra experience twilight for the first time let's do it let's do it 
Kendra, you have to read Twilight for the first time. I don't even know what it is. What is it? No, Kendra, it's vampires, right? Well, I don't have a copy of the book. No, hold on. Here's one. I am going to literally devour this. Great. Hey, who are those two <laughs> handsome guys that look like they've time traveled here? Oh, Eric, they've spotted us. We have to get out of here. Run, Nick! <laughs> I just want to go on record and say that's not what my voice sounded like in high school. Well, that was actual audio, so I don't see how you <laughs> literally really went back in time. Deny. We heard that happen with our own ears. So, um, and then I how kept on loud. I wanted to know that too. How were you? Was I allowed to read it? It seems like I that honestly, would not be. I would have to ask my parents, but I honestly don't know that they knew like what it was. Kendra on her podcast, Nostalgia Me This, it was like notorious that they were like constantly not allowed to watch or do things yeah, that everyone true. else was doing yeah. like Kendra got her brother in trouble when he was watching Jurassic Park mm. so <laughs> I you weren't allowed to watch Smallville because of the Amy Adams episode yeah but that was I was in like fifth grade so, so just, I mean that Amy Adams episode is pretty scary it is okay. it is so I'm just so I was, yeah. yeah so I kept up with it as they came out and then I remember the fourth book I was living in because my family's military so we were living in Okinawa okay and I was like I'm not going to get this book on the day it comes out because they're not going to have it. And I was, I kept like going to the store. I think we went to the store on the wrong day looking for it, <laughs> but there. they did. They had so many copies. So oh, I was wow. able to get my copy the day it came out, even wow. though I was living on a military base in Okinawa. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, all through high school. I, I read the book. Kendra okay. was studying for Japanese. So she just gets get a copy on the island. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll get it in, in a different language if I have to. <laughs> that would be pretty impressive. I would be very yeah. <laughs> impressive if that were the case. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I think I saw all the movies in theaters. What year did the first movie? 2008. Yes. And oh. I saw that one in theaters. I have a memory of the second movie specifically. My cousin and I waited in such a long line to get in the theater. Like, we got our tickets and then we had to stand outside and wait. And then the doors opened and everyone just booked it. Wow. And I was like, we've been standing here and people are running in front. I was so mad. That, but I the first, imagine. when I saw the first one, it was, um, it was in Okinawa with my friends. And when that first time Edward walks on screen, the entire theater lost their minds. Really? Yes. They were like, Wah! and yeah, which I thought was dumb, but. Yeah. Didn't they also cheer every time Jacob took off I his shirt? I think they cheered every anytime Edward did anything. Mm. And probably Jacob, yes. Sure. The first time I saw the movie, I was pretty unaware of it, other than, I, I mean, I knew it was a phenomenon. You know, I knew it was a thing that everybody liked. And we watched the movie, and my wife and I both really liked it. And we also kind of thought, you're going to laugh at this, but we also kind of thought that it was supposed to be a little tongue-in-cheek. Like, like they knew that it was kind of corny in a fun way. And <laughs> no, then, no, no, no. I know. And then we watched the second movie and we were like, oh, no, <laughs> they are very much not in on the joke. We thought they were, <laughs> but they are not. So, but I think that that's, we watched the funny. rest of them usually at the, at the drive-in theater. I think we saw most of them that way, but I, yeah, I did watch all the movies and I, you know, I had a good time. Let's talk about, I mean, have you read any of her non-Twilight stuff? How about that? I read The Hosts. Okay. I, Which I, I loved, did actually, you? when I read it. Yes. I saw the movie of the host, and before that, I had I had the book, 
that I just couldn't get into it. I didn't really even realize that it was, you know, it was the same author as Twilight or anything, but I couldn't really get into it. Um, so there's that. And then there's the, the chemist, right? Is that what it's called? The chemist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the chemist really was meant to be like an adult action thriller. And there was talk of a television series, but I don't really know what, whatever came of that. But, um, Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So talk to me a little about the, about the books. What is it that, uh, what is it that sucks you into these books so much? What do you think they do well? Well, you know, when I really get down to it, <laughs> here we go. You haven't read a single book. I mean, it's just, it's like a classic plot where you have this, like this guy and he's dangerous and you shouldn't love him and he shouldn't love you, but you do anyway. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. And it's not the writing in the first books because it's I don't know even as I was reading it in high school I was like man this is not great writing mm -hmm. but the story is just it just sucks you in and then as you go through and then you add Jacob into it and then there's this love triangle and does the book um, does the book make more of a compelling triangle because I feel like in the movies the idea of her like choosing Jacob is nonsensical like it's clear that that would never ever happen but oh, does the no, book... I remember I, I remember it being I mean I haven't read the the books in a while um but I remember it being a a big thing there was a time when you genuinely didn't know which way yes. she was gonna go okay yes yes all right mm -hmm. yep I mean I've always and forever been team Edward I don't okay. think I was ever swayed to team Jacob I see but yeah, so they're just, uh, it's just a good story. And there's a lot of good characters and she goes into, you know, stuff with the other characters and how they became vampires. And yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff with Jacob's tribe and the other werewolves that she gets into as well. Okay. So it sounds like she really puts in the time and energy into making the mythology of both the vampire characters and the werewolf tribe to be, you know, full and complete and, and give you a lot of, like, history on that, which, you know, I mean, that that sounds like a cool element that's not really that present in the movies, maybe a little later, but overall, I, I don't really think they get into that too much. It's just, it's just a great story. Now, I haven't, I haven't read the books. In preparation for this episode, I read The Short Second Life of Brie Tanner, which is a little novella that spins out of Eclipse. I was pretty intrigued by that. I thought the writing was decent, and I liked I liked the vampire story because it was all set within the vampire world. There was none of this, like, you know. There was there was no like, what are the humans up to? It was just this little click of like new vampires trying to like deal with their lives. I enjoyed that. I thought it was decent. I also read the graphic novel. It's two volumes of the first book, and it's a weird. Have you ever seen these? Have you looked at these at all? It's kind of like manga. -y. It's definitely manga inspired. It's got a weird use of color in it that I couldn't quite pin down. Like some things are full color, but 90% of it is black and white. And I couldn't really find the rhyme or reason to that. Mm. Um, my question for you here is, what what do you think about the, like the criticisms the books get about, you know, glorifying what is perceived as almost, I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? The relationship between Edward and yes. Bella, I think especially early on, kind of glorifies, like, the idea of you're going to feel bad in this relationship. And, like, his whole thing, at least in the graphic novel, I don't know about the book, he does so much of, like, uh, you know, I, I want to be with you, but I know I'll hurt you, and I don't want to hurt you. And her attitude is kind of like, no, go ahead. I just want to be with you. I don't care what the strings are. And I know that there's been a lot of criticism tossed towards that. What do you think, as someone who's read them all? 
that's I don't know. Their relationship has never bothered me like that. I always have just seen it as like they're in love and he is he is this like powerful person who could hurt her and so that is his fear and she understands the risk but still wants to be with him anyway mm-hmm. and i so you're saying that it's not so much that she's choosing someone who will hurt her but that she's making an informed decision trusting that she knows him well enough to know that he won't hurt her yeah i find that romantic i've never like anytime i read it and i just watched all the movies too i've never seen it as like this abusive or wrong thing but i understand how people could spin it that way yeah i don't think like from what i've heard it just from from what i know of the story i don't think it's so much that it's like an abusive relationship but i think the concern might be teenagers in an abusive relationship might see parallels in that that would kind of give them i understand that i understand that yeah and i understand how you could you know make a very, very strong case. And Robert Pattinson would agree that Bella should not be with Edward in any way, shape or form. So, but you know, what helped with all this, I think is Midnight Sun. Actually, I wanted to ask you about that because I kind of wondered, because I felt like just in reading the graphic novel, you got a little more of like what's going on in Edward's head than you do in the movies. And I wondered if seeing everything from his angle would have cleared that up. So talk a little bit about that. I I think it does because okay. you see, I mean the whole it, from his perspective you see like his struggle and how much like he hated her when he first sees her and then he leaves and then he decides to come back and you just get his whole internal struggle with realizing that he has feelings for her but he so desperately does not want to hurt her and uh, knows that you know he shouldn't pursue it. Mm-hmm but he's finding it hard not to. So I think she does a really good job of writing it from his perspective and filling in those mental gaps. Now, have you read Life and Death? I have not. And I don't really have any interest in reading it. So Life and Death came out in, what was it, 2015, Eric? Was that when it was? It was like a 10-year anniversary thing. Yeah, that sounds right. And it is, it's just, okay, so Midnight Sun is the same story, but just from Edward's perspective, right? But whereas life and death is if Edward... It's gender swapped, yeah. So, like... Yep. Okay, that's confusing. It's like Bo So the girl is the vampire. Okay. The boy is the human. Hmm. I really don't know anything about it other than that, because I just was like, I'm not... I'll say when that came out, we, we got it, and it seemed like there was interest, but it didn't really translate to checkouts well it seemed like it came out and people thought it was like interesting but not enough to commit now i didn't get them back into twilight like midnight sun has been doing i remember at the time you were really frustrated by this because you could not just buy life and death yeah you you got it with the copy of the first book again yeah but every library already has like eight copies of twilight so you had to like you had to like rebuy twilight to get it and so i don't think it was quite I mean, first of all, it looked huge, so I think that was kind of a turnoff, you know, because it was mm-hmm. like such a, a tome, you know, being being stuck in with uh, with the other book. But yeah, that one seemed to me kind of a flop. So I was kind of surprised when she did uh, when she decided she was going to do Midnight Sun, and I remember there was talk of doing that, but then when the um, when the perspective swap in uh, 
50 shades of gray came out just called gray gray that kind of put midnight sun on hold because she didn't want to just like do that same thing so i think this book's actually been kind of sitting on a shelf for quite a while yeah i think it's been in the works for a while um and when it was first announced i was like man what a cash grab that's so stupid i'm not gonna read that and then i was like you know what i'm gonna read it and it it felt like reading the the first book for the first time excitement wise you mean yes and i would like as I, i was reading it i was like oh man i'm actually like really into this and i think i liked it almost more because i don't know if it's just well number one it's better written than the first one well that makes and, sense because it's one 20 years I, later practically yes and i think that just see just edward's voice is more fun to read it's better to read than bella's voice because bella can get kind of annoying in the books and it and in the movies but um, she tends to lack agency it seems the, to me you know she's kind of yeah so i liked reading it from edward's voice okay um so yeah so it's better written and there's also like new info there's a good amount of new information like there's a lot more with him and rosalie more stories between the two of them and um more just like you know seeing where he was when he left for a while and there's a lot of of background that you learn okay um and a lot of stuff about alice that you learn as well um so i i thought there was enough and good information but it really did set me on this like twilight high this twi high (laughs) i like it sure that sounds right and i rewatched all the movies and it's it's uh it's been weird it's been a weird week I wasn't yeah. anticipating this response it in myself, like it. Yeah. but uh, yeah. I've been in the eye of the storm of all of us. <laughs> I know you have, yes. yeah. You know what? It's not that bad. She just likes Twilight. Yeah. I don't like Twilight. And a word and... on the movies, I'm going to say <gasps> they're good. <laughs> I think you have to appreciate, I think you have to be a Twilight fan to really like them, but honestly, as movies... They're really not bad movies. And the first one, I think the worst part of the first one is Kristen Stewart's crazy acting decisions when it came to Bella, which she fixes. I like him. I, you I, like how stuttery? I and do. Like, yeah, ugh, I think, yeah, I think she pulls it off. Yeah. I think it's one of the worst films, period. I think wow. the movie is worse. Really? What? Well, yeah. Worse? I think There's no way it's I worse. think they're garbage films, but that's all I'm going to say now. I Bye. think I give I give the actors so much credit for saying all those lines because I feel like when you read the book, it's like, oh, this is romantic and this sounds good. But then when you get Robert Pattinson trying to say you're my own personal brain of heroin, like it just sounds stupid. So I don't know. I give them credit for, for all the stuff they had to say and the way that they did it. So I don't know. That's my, I just rewatched all five of them in a week. And, uh, that's my that's my hot take on the movies that they're really not as bad as their reputation would lead them to be though the uh the cgi baby in the last one is ridiculous that's that's a nightmare i will never ever understand why they did that yeah i wish they would go back and fix it like with the technology oh that's true today i wish they would 
fix it and come out with a new version of it because it's awful. It really, it, yeah, it is terrible. No, the movies, I had a good time watching the movies as just like big, you know, exciting, almost like popcorn kind of movies, you know, where you're just like sitting back having a good time. The Rift mm-hmm. Tracks, uh, which Eric mentioned oh, earlier, Lord. if you're not familiar with Rift Tracks, it's the same concept behind a mystery science theater where you're just playing a commentary track of people just kind of poking fun at the movie and like adding jokes in and I don't know if there's a better example of riff tracks than watching the first Twilight movie with the riff tracks. It's just it's so funny. You just can't even get through it. It's so funny. I was I was watching because you can look it up on YouTube, like the highlights, yeah. the best jokes from it. And yeah. I was rolling on the floor laughing. Yeah. It's so they funny. Are. They are yeah. so funny. You're right about that. So highly recommend that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I read an article with her saying she had ideas for two more books set in this world and had already actually begun writing some, but had hoped to get some non-Twilight stuff out there before that. So I assume you're on board for whatever she has cooking up? Probably. Probably. Okay. All right. Is it, if it's in the twi- Twilight universe, would probably. You, I mean, I thought I wouldn't read this one, and I did. So Would you be more down for her continuing the stories from Edward's perspective or would you like things in the future? Would you like prequel? What's your ideal situation for Stephanie Meyer to continue the Twilight series? I think when she said two more books, she wasn't talking about from Edward's perspective, but if she did, if she redid the whole series from Edward's perspective, I would read that for sure. But I, I don't know. I'd like to see like where they are now and what's going on with their daughter and her stupid name. <laughs> Renesme. I'm, I'm trying to think so of dumb. other examples where they've done this like alternate perspective thing. The only one that comes to mind is the Divergent series, right, Eric? Isn't there a isn't there a um an alternate four? Yeah, four. Yeah. And that's just like the first movie, or is it the whole series from Four's Perspective? Know. I don't know. But that's not been a big thing in the YA market overall, do you think? I had no idea they did that. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like that's about I can't the only think one. Of other, yeah, I can't think of other examples. I don't know. I You can cut this out if you want or not. I feel like it's slightly regressive because the big point was that we were getting a lot of like strong female characters. And they're like, but just in case, mm. here's the here's the point of view from the strong male character now. Mm. That's a good and point. Maybe, maybe it's better because you focus on the strong female characters first. And so now like the male characters aren't really the lead, even in their perspective. Right. And so they're, they're seen more as followers, which I guess you can't do if you're doing like a protagonist, you want them to take the lead. So maybe that changes on a a bit, but it also just kind of seemed like, I don't know. Well, what was the point then of uh, staking, staking all this claim in land? If we were just going to, do it again. Mm. You know? I, I get that. But I think Midnight Sun, like, it shows how high he holds Bella. Look, you don't and have to convince can't... me that the vampire is going to be more interesting <laughs> than the teenage girl in high school. <laughs> Upset that she's moved but from Arizona saying... to Seattle. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Now she's from one boring place to another. It's just... So, yes, of course the vampire is more interesting. But he can't read her thoughts. That's like the whole thing. So I'm just saying, like, he he is, like, pursuing her. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I'm surprised. It, the it, other thing about the movies yeah. is that there's, like, so many good people. Like, Bryce Dallas Howard is yeah, in the yeah, third one. Yeah, yeah. Rami Malek is in the four, the Lee last Pace. one. And Mike, Lee Pace is Michael in the Sheen, last Dakota one. Dakota Fanning. It's a, it's a good cast. Michael Sheen, Wendell Pierce is in the last one. Really? It's, wow. People kept popping up, and yeah, 
in just a very small role. Yeah. But I was like Anna Kendrick. I didn't know who Anna any Kendrick. Of these yeah. It's crazy to remind yourself that Anna Kendrick yes. is in Twilight. And yeah. uh, her other friend, um, who's not Anna Kendrick, her other human friend, um, she is like a major character in The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. she's in like every episode of The Walking Dead. Well, so, to, to yeah. tie it into nine hundred two and zero to your earlier question, um, Peter Facinelli, who plays what is his name, the the dad, Carlisle, figure, Carlisle, Carlisle. Um, yes, was married to Jenny Carlisle. Garth. Married to Jenny Garth, who played uh, Kelly Taylor no. in nine hundred two and zero for the whole really? time. Those they they're recently divorced, but yeah. Well, they were filming those movies. Yeah. Yeah, so, wow, so I if didn't you, know that. If you go back and look, like Jenny Garth is on the red carpet for all the uh, the movies and everything. Like she's there with Peter Fashionelli. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, man, they should put her in one. So there you go. They should That's have put cool. Kelly from 90210 into Twilight. Yeah, they could have easily made her the a Twilight vampire in the last one. I'd take her. Crazy. I would take her as Bella's mom over the lady from 24. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry you didn't get it. I just think she, she would have made that. like a good vampire, I think. Yeah. Like, She's got yeah. the. No one look. is more, no one is paler on this planet than, <laughs> than, than Kelly. Jenny Garth. Yeah. <laughs> than Jenny Garth. All right. So now, does so does your does your love of Stephanie Meyer, like, are you are you a fan of Twilight or do you think you're a fan of the author? Like, do you, you have, love the host? Like, you love the I host? did, I the did movie, love. I did upset. not love the movie. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think anybody the movie did. was bad. I took her to. Th- we we went we went together to go see the host. Were we dating or married? We oh, were in no. Florida, right? Yes. Or were we not? Look, I, don't I don't know, know where it was, but yeah. What year did it come out? I don't know, because uh, Radioactive by Imagine Dragons is the end credit oh, song. Oh, yeah, that's right. But you were, like, so excited. I remember 2013. that. You were... So we were married. So we were You were married. very excited, and you were like, oh, the book was so good. And when we left, you were disappointed. I was, yeah, because the, the movie was bad. I would say this, that Stephanie Meyer, I think her, her writing has definitely improved as Midnight Sun shows so but i think i am just i'm a fan of the stories that she comes up with okay and i am definitely a fan of the what she did in twilight okay. the story and how everything weaves together and connects by the end of it i think she created a great story that she dreamed up apparently oh that's like the whole thing she woke up from a dream and she had dreamed about Twilight and then she sat down and wrote the book. Well, I read that she based a lot of like the, the archetypes on things like Jane Eyre and, and other Victorian novels, mm-hmm. which I guess you can she... see like if you're really looking for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're reading Wuthering Heights in the first one, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. She like, well, she, that like... makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any plans to read The Chemist? I would, I would think about it. I mean, I have a long <laughs> list of. All right, all right. Not I a firm commitment, but Kendra would give it some serious to thought read right now. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I think I would definitely. Okay. Think about it. So you're on the hook for more Twilight if she writes it. Yes. Uh, but non-Twilight stuff coming out wouldn't maybe jump to the top of your list. Just Correct. would pique your interest. Okay. Correct. All right, Eric. Any final thoughts on uh, Twilight before we move on? Oh, what's your, you don't, what's you don't your favorite my- oh. of the Twilight riff tracks? Gosh, you know, probably just the first one is like the most focused yeah, one because true. New Moon is a hard movie for me to watch in general, even with the riff tracks. But that has some really good stuff. You just, you just can't get past all the screaming that she does. Oh. I think that throws you off the whole movie. Mm. I, it's not. It just it that it doesn't throw me off the movie, but it encompasses what I hate about that whole thing. There's a. So, I, I do. I do find that relationship see, but... to be like. <laughs> incredibly toxic and i don't get the appeal but you know what 
I'm not the audience, and I never have been, yeah. and I never no, will but, be. And she sold a million copies in a week. She doesn't need me to like Twilight, Stephanie Meyer. She's fine as she she a can just write copies these. in a week. I know. No, I, no I, I you're right. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I also think it does twenty five dollars, right? A hardcover. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So twenty five million dollars in a week is what Stephanie Meyer just made. It's pretty because good. she was like, you know, what that book I wrote, I'm gonna write it again. Yeah. Twenty-five million dollars. <laughs> I get, I get that you're not the the uh, target audience for that, but I, I do think you make a good point, and I think, I think it's inescapable that there is some problematic messaging if if you're not coming to it from like a like a grown person, like a mature perspective, and that's not the audience for this. I mean, it's YA. The audience is young people, so I could see how you know it it, it does pull towards some some problematic things there. So I think it's worth still having that be part of the discussion. I think um, pop culture. What I think, and I'm partly to blame in this, and that we saw Twilight and their sparkly vampires, and we were like, those are real vampires! You want to see real vampires? You should watch that! Like, as if that was the point. Right. As if, as if Stephanie Meyer was banking her success on doing, like, realistic vampires. <laughs> but we just saw, like, this this love story teen... We saw it as, like, this teeny bopper take on vampires, and we we got so angry about it because... I just remember, like, 30 Days of Night and Daybreakers came out. We're like, finally, real vampires again at the movies. As as if we also didn't have, like, 30, 40, 50, hundreds of years of vampire stories to appease us. We got so, so protective over that. And I, I don't know. Kendra, as a representative of the geek community, I would like to formally apologize. Oh, I didn't wow. know where he was going with that. Me actually. neither. No, what I a, just, this is a healing moment. I want to talk about the why. sparkle. Can we talk about the sparkle for a minute? That is a weird choice. What are your What's your feelings about the fact <laughs> Greg, that the, it's done? I no, I know, but I just, no, I know, I know, I know, but I just want to know, like, what did you in think the of the book, sparkle? Yeah, in the book, the first time she sees him in the sunlight, she thinks that he is like on fire. Okay. So in the movie, I don't think it's a good representation. He of, looks like of Emma how Frost she from just, first class. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he could kind of pass it off as just like i'm sweaty in the movies <laughs> whereas in the book this it's like concept is sweaty. it's like he's sh- like like i said she she's afraid that he's on fire at first yeah. and he's like no no this is just my skin yeah it is it's weird that that would it would make the transition to the movie and they wouldn't like really go all out because it really just looks like he's wearing body glitter like it looks yeah. like he just walked out of an abercrombie and finch ad and just like yeah. You know, yeah. So I, I yeah, think that's bizarre. I, that's, but. Uh, that's something from the from the movies that I think they could have done better. Okay. So all right. Well, why can't he read her thoughts? That's like her her thing, because then she's turned into a vampire, and like no one, no one's powers affect her. Oh, she's like, and then she uses her power to like shield others yeah. from from people you know what you should really do though you should watch the blade films (laughs) that's like real vampire stuff but it's in a different it's a more realistic way and eric you like all three of the blade films equally correct oh incorrect oh okay sorry blade trinity is my twilight of blade films wow okay (laughs) all right which has parker posey in it though there you go she's terrible in it not elizabeth thanks parker posey i think triple h is in it the wrestler yeah, interesting. It's, it's all terrible. It's terrible. All right, Kendra, thank you for sharing your uh, your Twilight knowledge, your Twilight experience with us. You watched all the movies. 
Yeah, you read the book. Finished but you're, the last one today. But you're still on the high. Midnight I am. Sun I don't it. know what I'm going to do with my life now that I finished all the movies. Yeah. So. so like, you know, we at first like when we found out it had sold a million copies, I'm like, this is exactly what like people need right now, and I wasn't going to make fun True. of it. But like, yeah. I'm living with somebody who's now like that book has done its job, and like. She's like a sleeper. She's like a sleeper agent that's been reactivated. Basically, yeah, she's what's like a happened. Cylon here. It's, it's surprising me more than more than I can so say. As yeah. her so. husband, I just don't know how to help her in this situation because, like, the people only people are calling option... it a Twilight Renaissance. Yeah. Well, Kendra, uh, you, you can so. read Short Second Life of Brie Tanner. Sure. If you that's want, sad. you can, you can like, read Life and Death. You know, I mean, you know how it is. She has. Yeah, you can I read the graphic novels. Yeah. So you still have. I avenues. could just reread the Night Sun. Yeah, I could, she has been threatening to do that because she she read it digitally, so we could buy her the physical copy. Oh. She could read it in hand. Yeah, yeah, that would and be now a different she's experience. Be at a, sure. uh, and then you wouldn't be on a ticking clock. Yeah, I could just to, read it at my leisure before Overdrive yeah. takes it back from. Just yeah. really Libby. let it marinate, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what else has been going? The memes online have been. Oh my word! I, the memes. They've been There's killing. So her. many good memes. I almost feel like she read it for the memes. So. <laughs> Do it for the meme. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want to listen to Kendra talk about teen angst on a weekly basis, you can find her over at 902 and here we go at 90210 Rewatch Podcast. Be honest with me. Over there. Yes. Is there ever a situation where like Luke Perry becomes a vampire on that show? I Kendra's never seen the episodes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you can't say. But but how has there never been a Luke Perry vampire movie? I mean, he I was, guess, if, well, yeah, if you want to oh, call right, Buffy, Buffy, but he's not like a vampire. Or maybe he no, is. I don't know. I've never seen it. I guess we'll have to I, find out. Yeah, I don't know. Luke Perry, like, has that whole look. He could have been does. a vampire. He could pull he it off. He definitely. He's like yeah. he very, Edward. very easily. Yeah. Right? Couldn't he be a with, vampire. like, Brenda and be like, I'm a monster. Listen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if if in a couple years, Robert Pattinson's going to play Luke Perry in the Luke Perry, like, biopic, I'd be there. I'd be there for that. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, as far as library news goes, remember our Banned Books Book Club is reading 1984 by George Orwell. We're going to have a book uh, or a Banned Books episode coming up in a few weeks, so come back and join us for that. Yeah? Yeah, man. It's an annual thing. That. We do it every year. Oh, right. Yeah. I, get, I block it out because it makes me so angry. I know. I know it does. <laughs> I, I feel like does. I'm actually really bad to have on that podcast because I just get really aggressive and mean, and then it's the same thing every year. Maybe mm-hmm. you should get somebody else who's no. like less... <laughs> No, we need, we need your angst. We do. We need it. We need that passion. We need to harness that passion to talk about uh, censorship, I think, is uh, is the key here. So, all right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the All the Book Show. Our thanks to our guest, Kendra Mickles. And we'll see you all next time for a special Batman-themed interview with author and screenwriter Shay Fontana. We'll see you then. Bye. 902 and here we go. <laughs> you did it.